We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. Today we are breaking down uh, the bucket game. It is bucket week, uh, the final regular season game uh, between the Indiana Hoosiers and the Purdue Boilermakers. It's rivalry week. It's my favorite week of the college football season outside of opening uh, weekend, which is, you know, like Christmas. But uh, we'll have all your bucket game uh, questions answered, hopefully. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with us uh, shortly on this rainy day here in Indianapolis. Uh, Just to set the scene um, for Saturday, it is a huge game for uh, the Hoosiers needing a win to get bowl eligible to six and six and go bowling for the second straight year. They will also keep the bucket for the fourth straight season with a win, their longest winning streak in the series since 1947, um, 1944 through 47. So that's huge as well. And uh, Purdue is, is coming off another disappointing season. They have uh, fired their coach already and uh, have started uh, looking for a new coach, and, and rumors are, are flying high. Right now we welcome in T.J. Inman. T.J., how are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to be doing our final, uh, I guess, hopefully not the final for the entire season, but the final regular season uh, pregame podcast. It does not seem like that's possible, but here we are. Yeah, the season, as always, flies by. Uh, It is uh, super fast, uh, 12 games. And and this is a big one for IU, needing a a win to get bowl eligible. They're coming in as 20-and-a-half-point favorites uh, is what I saw uh, the last time I checked last night on ESPN. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of effort Purdue puts forward. They've shown some fight in the first quarter uh, and first halves of games. Um, but once something goes wrong for them, uh, it, it usually just the, the train goes off the rails, and uh, so to speak. So uh, what, what are your first thoughts for this game, TJ? Well, I, I, I think the first thing that has to come into your mind is that Indiana is playing for a lot more than Purdue is. From a from a logical standpoint, Indiana is going for uh, their sixth victory, um, which would get them to bowl game. Purdue is not. I mean, more than likely, they're they're not going to have anybody from this from this current staff or very few people from this current staff employed there next season. So you're you're looking at uh, basically the last game as as the current program 
for them before the regime change, whoever that ends up being. So, you know, it's like you said, it's a question of what kind of effort Purdue are going to put in. But at the same time, this is the bucket game. Uh, I, I have to believe that, that the Purdue players pride and, and would like to do everything possible to spoil Indiana's season and more importantly for them, uh, you know, prevent being the Purdue program or the Purdue uh, Purdue group of players that, that drops the bucket four straight years. Um, so you've, you've got that going. Uh, but for me, really, this game is going to come down to uh, does Indiana come out with a focus to play a clean game to match and then hopefully exceed the energy level that Purdue's going to bring and the, the, the toughness Purdue's going to bring. Uh, because if those things are equal, if Indiana plays a clean game and matches Purdue's energy and effort level or exceeds it, Indiana's going to win this game. Uh, I don't have any doubt in my mind about that if, if they do those two things. And we saw last night in the IU basketball game, we're not going to spend any time discussing it. I do not want to get angry again. But if you do not come and compete with urgency and purpose, anything can happen. And it did last night for IU basketball. They did not show up to compete with a purpose. They were, we'll just say poor effort, leave it at that, Indiana football on Saturday, the talent gap is not going to be as wide as it was between IU and IPFW, but still, there is a talent gap. Uh, Purdue has some good players, but there's an overall roster depth uh, talent gap between IU and Purdue. And if Indiana comes out and plays with purpose, ball game, which means no stupid penalties, uh, you know, converting scoring chances without special team screw-ups or or, uh, you know, poor play calling in the red zone or poor execution in the red zone, you know, no turnovers or very few turnovers. If they can do that, I feel very, very good about Indiana's chances to win pretty comfortably on Saturday. If they don't, if they get sloppy in any of those areas, then you open the door for Purdue to be in a game and make it close. And then from there, all it takes is a couple plays, a couple bounces the ball here or there, and, and you're not going to a bowl game. I, I agree uh, on all of that, and you know, if, if IU and Purdue if they play even uh, in terms of uh, you know turnovers and all that, yep. you would you would have to think that Indiana has you know on paper more talent uh, <laughs> and and all of that. But you know, it is the bucket game, as you said. It's going to be you know there would be nothing better for for Purdue than to to spoil Indiana's season, uh, spoil all their momentum that they've built up over the last two seasons. Uh, and then, you know, who knows, the, the hot rumor is, is that Les Miles is going to be the guy in West Lafayette. And, and you know, as you could debate the success he's going to have or might have, uh, but that that's a hire that's going to move the needle up there that's going to catch recruits' eyes. So, this is this is a, a big game for Indiana to keep the momentum they've built in in recruiting in just building that program and trying to you know continue to get it out of the basement and you know Indiana football has had a big hole to dig out of and 
you know, you just look at the, the series with, with Purdue, um, you know, historically Purdue leads the series 72 to 40 uh, with six ties in there. Um, the bucket, you, you know, that they've won, you know, if IU wins this weekend, this will be their, they, they would clinch a non-losing decade for the first time since the 1990s. And I believe the third time overall, I put that in the numbers that matter. So this is historically, you know, if you start getting, turning these tides, now now you're starting to climb back into the series with with Purdue a little bit more and, you know, try, try and get that record to look a little bit better. But, you know, to me, it's going to come down to, to mistakes. Um, if IU turns the ball over, this Purdue offense can capitalize. Uh, they have a very good quarterback, um, you know, David Blau, I say very good because he has the talent to be great. He, he's thrown – he leads the, the Big Ten in passing yards with uh, 3,127. He has 23 touchdowns. He has a big play receiver in D'Angelo Yancey, who's, you know, could go over 1,000 yards for the season if he has a big game this week. Uh, but, but you know, it, it, that can be dangerous for IU. However, Blau has thrown 19 interceptions. The team has thrown 23 and add in seven fumbles. They're minus 18 uh, in turnover margin. And now there are teams – I looked it up the other day. There are like 64 teams who all year have created 18 turnovers. Um, and they're minus 18 uh, in that department. So it, it's – that's gonna it's gonna come down to that. If IU could get some takeaways um, and get them early and and rattle Purdue, this team might might quit early. You saw it last week against Wisconsin after um, it's TJ Watt. Uh, TJ Watt uh, made that ridiculous interception and returned it for a touchdown, uh, and, and Purdue just you know folded up camp and moved on. So. I, you know, it, they're going to be fired up. Their coach had some good quotes. You know, they, they remember their loss in, in 2013 where where IU came, you know, across the field and grabbed the bucket away from them. They haven't won it since. So they're you're, you're going to get Purdue's best effort this week, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think so. What we don't know is what does their best effort look like now. I mean, um, you mentioned their passing attack. D'Angelo Yancey certainly the deep threat. I mean, he's averaging 20.3 yards per catch. That's what stands out to you is uh, when he – he doesn't have a ton of receptions, but I think it's like 43 or something. But when he does catch it, it's usually a big play for them. Uh, runs yeah, a lot four, of vertical 43, rounds. Yeah, 43 receptions, 20.3 yards per catch, which leads the conference. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, another amazing stat – TJ, just to get off of the, the bucket game for a second, is Austin Carr has 80-some-odd receptions, which is ridiculous. He's yeah. far and away the, the leading receiver in terms of catches in the Big Ten. So that that's just a, a fun tidbit for um, for today. Yeah, Austin Carr, I would certainly think, has earned himself a spot on, on the All-Big Ten team. Well, I know we're, uh, we're putting all of ours together, each of the writers, and we'll have our uh, regular season All Big Ten uh, honors out, and the players that we award them to will certainly uh, celebrate, I'm sure, throughout the Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's Jamal all they're going to be. Um, 
yeah, who needs all, the all the players are waiting for our All Big Ten to come out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So after Yancey, Bilal Marshall, uh, Cole Herdman, their tight end, Dominique Young, and Cameron Posey are really the other targets. Each of them are right around 30 catches, give or take a couple. Uh, I, I, you know, Posey is kind of a slot type guy. Uh, Cole Herdman, kind of a safety valve tight end. A little bit similar, maybe a poor man's version of Mike Gesicki in the way that they use him. Uh, Dominique Young, I, I, they expected a lot more out of him this year, uh, but he's capable. Bill Marshall is a good athlete that uh, they like to try and get him the ball in space, let him run. Uh, so it's it's a dangerous passing game, especially if they get into a rhythm. I think the key for Indiana's defense, uh, you know, and the secondary is coming in with a lot of confidence. I mean, look at what they've done against uh, some very good passing attacks. Now, you know, Michigan in that weather, plus with, with John O'Korn's uh, inexperience, uh, recent inexperience, and then, you know, kind of some limitations that the coaching staff put on that passing game because of the type of game that it ended up being. But still, 59 passing yards, their fewest in a game since 2001. Uh, Nebraska only had 208 passing yards. JT Barrett had 93 and only completed nine passes. So the secondary has been pretty good for Indiana all year. So they come in with confidence. I think it's going to be important for Indiana's pass rush, which has been pretty good recently. Uh, continue to rack up those tackles for loss here in the last uh, last four weeks or so. Uh, it's been a big uptick in that. I think it's it's something that is really positive to see, and the secondary play will just continue to prove as that pass rush continues to develop uh, under Mark Hagan and Tom Allen. So I think you're looking for them to pressure David Blau, force him into mistakes. I think that part of the reason for his interceptions is probably a feeling on his part of every time I'm out there, I have to make something happen to keep us in the game or to try and get us back into the game. I think he forces things, uh, and under pressure, if you do that, you're likely to make some mistakes. So that's what Indiana needs to do, force him into those mistakes with a good pass rush, good pressure, uh, and then you know, Richard Bant, Sean Riggins, and, and the safeties uh, hopefully can – capitalize on any errant throws and, and come up with the picks, those takeaways. Uh, I think that's kind of be the that'll be the game plan. Uh, the the rushing game for Purdue, you know, very weak. Markel Jones has not been healthy. He's got a shoulder injury. He's gutted it out, played through it. Uh, the offensive line, very poor run blocking offensive line. They're pretty good as pass blockers, not exceptional but decent. Uh but I mean as a as a rushing attack they really don't scare you at all in the way Indiana's played typically against the run. I know Devion Smith was, uh, you know, had a good game against IU last week, but I think overall Indiana's run defense, you feel pretty good about what they've done this season. So, you know, your first goal is make sure they don't, make sure they don't get any momentum on the ground, force them into a one dimensional offense where they're passing, uh, you know, in, in, you know, medium to long passing situations, get after Blau in those situations, force him to make some mistakes, and then, you know, for the secondary, just do your best not to let them take the top off the defense because that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to throw deep quite a few times, take the top off the defense. Uh, you know, you just cannot get lost. We've seen that happen a couple of times 
uh, where you know Indiana's secondary gets turned around on on a deep pattern, and a guy gets gets open. It's been missed by the quarterback a couple times, and you know opponents have connected on it a couple times as well. So just be aware of that. Uh, but yeah, that, it's it's a fairly transparent uh, game plan for Purdue, and a, a probably a fairly I don't want to say easy, but probably a fairly straightforward uh, week of preparation for the defense. It's just going to come down to, to execution and how well Indiana's uh, secondary can contain the deep passing attack and how well the front uh, can can pressure David Blau and. and you know, prevent him from getting into a rhythm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And on the defense, you know, we've we've seen we've been where Purdue is, where the offense it puts up a lot of numbers and the defense stinks. So, you know, right. watching yep. the first few games where Purdue alternated wins and losses, you could see Blau trying to put too much on his shoulders. There are times where he should have thrown the ball away, and he tries to dump it to to a covered running back and it almost turns into a, to an interception, yeah. you know, for Indiana's defense, you know, you'd hope you get some depth back there uh, with, you know, Chase Dutra didn't play against, um, against Michigan, uh, according to the yeah. participation report, Ben Bach went down. It looked like an upper body injury uh, with his arm. You know, he, he didn't return. I don't think, Richard Fant is is a little banged up. You saw him go down uh, against Michigan, but come back in. Um, so you know, if D'Angelo Yancey is running downfield, you know guys are going to get worn out uh, running that way, and, and you know maybe some of this depth uh, can come back and help them out. But you're right; it's you know pick something to stop and. and if you could stop this running game, uh, that makes them one-dimensional. Anytime you can make a team one-dimensional, they might be easier to beat. Now, IU did that with Penn State, and I believe that this is the kind of offense – it doesn't have the playmakers that Penn State has, but it's the kind of offense we're going to see uh, against IU is, you know, if the run game's not there, they're just going to chuck it. And um, that's yep. what Penn State did. IU made some of those 50-50 plays um, in the first half, early in the third quarter. Uh, they're going to have to make those 50-50 plays against Purdue to come out with the win. Also, let's, let's talk about Indiana's offense uh, first. Yep. Uh, now, you know, Purdue is ranked 121st in the nation uh, in giving up points with 39.4 per game. They're also 121st in the country uh, with uh, giving up uh, rushing yards, I believe they're they're giving up 240, uh, 246.3. So IU's running game has taken advantage of poor rush defenses before. You saw it uh, against Maryland, uh, where they they broke out the bacon and legs uh, package. I I expect to see that this uh, on Saturday again. Uh, we'll we'll yes. see. But this is a team that IU shouldn't have trouble running against. It's not a, as good a front as, as Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State or even even Rutgers front did a decent job. They did have some talent up there. But, you know, they do have Jake Replogle and, and Galen Robinson. Um, but we'll see, we'll see where it goes. It, you know, if IU can't run the ball, it might be a long day for 
for the Hoosiers, but they, they should be able to, to get a good running game going and then build the pass off of there. Purdue's pass defense is right smack in the middle of the, of the nation, uh, around 52nd or so, allowing 215.6 yards per game. They really haven't played a passing offense like IU's yet this year, uh, at least I don't think. Uh, but th- this is an offense or a defense that IU is going to score against, and it could be a big day on the ground and in the air. Yeah, closest thing they came to a, a prolific passing offense was, uh, was Nebraska, and they, they did decently against that. Nebraska had some injuries during that game, uh, before that game going into it, so it's hard to tell. But, yeah, Indiana, you know, second in passing uh, behind Purdue, so – um, which I, I know IU fans are, are a bit down on the offense, but uh, if, if you look at the, the numbers that they've put up, it's still right there near the top of the Big Ten. It, it's It's been just converting on scoring chances, as we talked about ad nauseum here, so we won't, won't go back and rehash that. But uh, it's it's been an offense that has put themselves in plenty of position to, to have another really good season and they've had a solid season and it's just been some missed opportunities have prevented it from being great uh passing game i i think what your your hope is for this game and jacob bailey mentioned it on monday um that you know a good mark of physicality in a football game is how well you can run the ball and he said that indiana was making a point this week to be the more physical team, to establish the running game. And I think that's the mindset they're going to go into it with is, you know, it, it's our senior day, uh, and there's there's plenty of seniors on that offensive line, Bailey, uh, Rogers, Stan Feeney, um, Demetri Camille not, not playing, obviously. They hope he'll be able to play in a bowl game if they get there. But uh, um, it's – I think it's going to be just the mindset of this team on Saturday to come out and physically overwhelm Purdue's defense, uh, pound it down their throat, you know, rack up, you know, 250, 300 on the ground, and that sets up, you know, your passing game to to allow. I think, I think what you're thinking of is is ideally is probably a lot like the Maryland game from an offensive standpoint. Maybe not yeah, and, the exact And there won't be weather to deal to with see. either this week. That's true, yeah. You, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, they'll have the bacon and legs package on tape. I think you'll see tweaks of that. I What I hope to see is more of Camion Patrick lined up back there with that package uh, or Camion Patrick lined up as a, you know, traditional uh, tailback getting some snaps with, with Majette and Williams, their status for Saturday unknown. Um, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of running from Indiana. I think it's going to be successful. Uh, the numbers benchmarks, I don't know, but uh, I do think you're looking for for something in the range of five yards a carry, 250, 300 yards yards rushing, and, and really just control the game on the ground. Uh, again, if you're doing that. You cannot have the fumble issues like you had against Rutgers. You cannot have interception issues like you did against Wake Forest. You know, against Rutgers, it almost proved fatal. Against Wake Forest, it was. Uh, and I think the offense is going to be have a nice, very nice day 
against this Purdue defense as long as they don't hurt themselves. I, I agree. And then, you know, I talked about the weather a second ago. It's going to be the high is 51. The winds are yeah. six six miles an hour, gusting at nine. Uh, you know, there's no chance of of rain, apparently. We'll, we'll see. There, there's always a chance of rain to me. Um, but it's sure. a 0% chance of, of precipitation. So, you know, you, you saw, you know, the, the issues that this team had last week in the weather. Um shouldn't happen uh, this week, but, you know, to me, the X factor is going to be the effort. Is this Indiana team going to play down to Purdue's level, or are they going to play up to the level of their opponent like they did against Michigan last week, like they did against Penn State, like they have done against Ohio State, uh, and things like that. So, you know, it's we referenced basketball earlier. This is a game where – you're not just going to show up to the building and win. You're going to have to put forth a lot of fight. The bucket's on the line. IU's had the bucket out in practice um, the last couple of days. Uh, we've heard the seniors talk about it, how important that bucket is, and, and really, you know, they've embraced the rivalry, and, you know, that's that's what they're going to have to do and bring an effort out there. Uh, but to me, talent-wise, I use just better. Uh, it, it is going to come down to mistakes. But, uh, you know, what's your um, – you know, we, we've kind of gone over keys to the game, but let, let's uh, focus it a little bit more. What's your first key to the game, TJ? Well, I, I went uh, I went turnovers to start with. Um, and after that, I, I you know, my second was I use improved secondary and continuously improving defense against the Big Ten's leading passing attack. I don't think that they're actually the best passing attack, but statistically they are the leading passing attack, and they're very good. Um, and then, you know, third, I had uh, had Pound the Rock, meaning uh, just completely control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Shut down Purdue's struggling running game. Don't give them any reason to hope that they'll be able to run it on Saturday. Shut it down early. Uh, and often, and do not let them gain any momentum with that running game because Markel Jones is talented, and if he gets going, um, you know, and they get some confidence in in running the ball, that could be a problem. It, it would open up their passing game, which would then become more dangerous with the deep passes on play action, uh, and then you know, offensively, running it yourself, which I I really think that that is the way Indiana. I mean, we know the way Indiana wants to play. They want to establish that run, uh, and then it makes the passing game that much more effective. And I think if Indiana is able to successfully run the ball, I, I know that Purdue's defense is in the middle and actually kind of near the top in, in yards per game allowed in the Big Ten. But I think a lot of that has to do with teams have so much success running the ball and they have leads in the second half that they're not particularly compelled to pass on Purdue uh, with the game in hand. So I think Indiana, particularly what I'm hoping to see is really strong running game. And then I want to see, you know, a, a nice day for the seniors. I want to see a nice day for everybody. Obviously it's against Purdue. I want to, you know, beat the crap out of them, but I, I'm hoping uh, in particular to see a nice day for the, the senior wide receivers, uh, Ricky Jones and Mitchell Page. It'd be really cool to see them, you know, at least have a few solid plays and, and uh, be able to get 
get a comfortable victory for those guys that have meant meant a lot to the program. And um, I, I'd love to see them go out on a positive note, getting the bucket for the fourth time uh, and having something to do with the victory. So kind of my, my game plan thinking is force plow into mistakes through pressure, take advantage of any errant throws because there are going to be some. Don't let them get into a rhythm. And then an offense, establish that run early and often. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's the bacon and legs package. I don't care if it's Camion Patrick. I don't care if it's uh, you know Ralph Green. Redding or if it's a if it's a breakout you know breakout from somebody else. I don't care how it gets done uh, as long as it's legal, obviously. But I don't care how it gets done. Just establish the run uh, and, and get yourself a lead. The last thing that I want besides a loss, the last thing that I want to see happen is for Indiana to struggle, allow Purdue to hang around in the game, and have it be incredibly stressful uh, for the entire you know, 60 minutes of game time. Uh, that is that is my fear, is that Indiana will have, you know, seemingly have control of the game, seem like the better team, but make little mistakes Purdue to hang around in there and have a shot at it in the fourth quarter. Uh, Indiana has had a hard time blowing teams out, even when they are, you know, clearly more talented than they are. They've had a hard time just putting the throat or you know putting the foot down on the throat and putting the team away and having a convincing victory. Uh, I, I really want to see them getting the win is the, the most important thing. So I guess style points don't matter. But I'm not saying for style points. I'm just saying for for my sanity. And for IU fans' sanity, let's have a game that IU controls from the get-go and just, you know, waxes them thoroughly. That would be really enjoyable. Yeah, kind of like the 2013 game, except with better defense uh, from IU. All those are are, are good uh, good keys. I'd like to add, you know, special teams is to to go along with your mistake-free football. You know, yep. if IU punts um, or when IU punts, oh let's get Joseph Gideon uh, back into the swing of things. He, he struggled last week, um, and it, it cost them the game in field position. So uh, get him going back again. Continue to get Griffin Oaks's, uh confidence back up. He looks like he's, you know, uh, you know, second week he was two for two on his kicks. Uh, he kicked yep. very well uh, with the wind. He got two touchbacks. Uh, now there's not going to be wind on Saturday, so I'd like to see you know at least 70% of his kicks go for touch de- touchbacks, um, 0% to go for touchdowns. Um, but uh, none that, out of bounds. And, and none out of bounds. Uh, that would be terrific as well. I think he's had four out of bounds this year, uh, which is a lot. Um, yeah. So we'll see where they go for there. But that's one way Purdue could get back into this game is through special teams errors by IU. Uh, like you said, killer instinct. Uh, that's number two for me is Purdue's a bad team. They're three and eight coming in. Uh, they've had five wins over the last two years. This team is going through some changes. There's going to be a coaching change. Uh, don't let them stick around and – Get out to a big lead. Uh, like like in the 2013 game, I, I believe it was yeah, 42-7 at one point or 41-7. Uh, and 
you know, Purdue fought back to make it 56-36, but, you know, put this team out of its misery. Uh, and, and IU has not, like you said, IU has not been able to do that in a while. So, you know, put this team out of its misery. Don't let them up off the mat and don't let them believe that they're in the game. Um, you know, I, I don't expect a, a huge crowd, but the crowd that's there wants to see IU win and, and give them something to cheer about. Uh, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be nice. Give them something to cheer about and, uh, you know, make Purdue throw in the towel. Uh, don't I, I don't expect them to throw in the towel, but, you know, if, if it's, 40, you know, 42-10 or something, or 35-7, that that goes a long way into taking the, the will of that opponent after a long season, which they have struggled. Yeah. And, and we've all, as IU football fans, we've all been there with that season where you just want it to be over. Um, but, you know, maybe it Purdue's at that point uh, in their program right now where they just want it to be over start new next year with the new coach and, and, and start that over again. So we'll see. Finally, takeaways and turnovers. Um, you know, if the, if IU wins the turnover battle, they'll win the game. You know, Blau has thrown 23 interceptions. Uh, the running backs have fumbled the ball, uh, but Indiana can't level the playing field by giving it right back. Right. Uh, Richard Lego has been solid. Uh, over his last couple games uh, in terms of throwing picks. I think going back to um, the Maryland game, uh, which was, what, four four games ago, he's thrown two picks in four games, uh, which is yep. a lot better than, than what he's been doing uh, in the beginning of the season. So it looks like he's getting uh, in better rhythm with the offense uh, and, and his receivers. So, you know, let's continue that streak of no t- uh, no interceptions from him and then hold on to the ball. You know these seniors, Ricky Jones, Mitchell Westbrook, want to win. Uh, they want another month of the season uh, with their guys, um, with their friends, with their teammates, with these coaches. Uh, so, you know, as Wilson said after Penn State, after the Penn State game, don't squeeze, you know, don't squeeze too tight. The, the seniors yeah. are going to have to hold on to the ball um, you know, receiving wise, running the ball, and, and we'll see where IU does go with the running running game. Uh, they've been without the Jet and uh, Devontae Williams the last week or so. They're down to two scholarship running backs. I'm not counting Camion because he's been playing mainly right. receiver. So they're down to two scholarship running backs in in Tyler Nati and Devon Redding. You know, Ricky Brookins looked okay last week. Um, Alex Rodriguez had a nice run, and, and this is where maybe last year against Purdue you saw Andrew Wilson play well. Uh, yeah. Ricky Brookins played well. Uh, Majette played well. So, you know, this is a defense that's not – this is not the 85 Bears. And, you know, if you could get different guys in the game and get them going, IU's going to win. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. And uh, we'll, get to, um, we'll get to projections. TJ, what's your projection? I am going to predict a 38-20 victory for the Hoosiers. Uh, I do think it will be a fairly comfortable win for IU, but not a complete uh, blowout where you are not worried at all about the outcome in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think Purdue will still have a a bit of a prayer in the fourth quarter, but uh, not a realistic shot at pulling it out. I don't think we'll be biting our fingernails to the final uh, until the clock hits zero. So 
Uh, I'll go 38-20 Hoosiers and a 6-6 six and six record, at which point I am going to project they go to the Foster Farms Bowl in Santa Clara, California. Great. Um, and with that news, I'd like to tell our readers about our Amazon ad, uh, which will help us yeah. go to the Foster Farms Bowl. Um, yeah, you know, holiday season is coming up. We've got Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, all, all the all the great holidays um, coming up. My birthday is up there as well, uh, coming up next week. But do um, if you do your shopping on Amazon, we have an Amazon portal on our website. It is uh, right now. It's it's Tom Brew's book on Todd Judlow called On the Rebound. You just click on that. You don't have to buy the book. It takes you to Amazon. It opens up a 24-hour window where we get a referral bonus for your purchases at no cost to the buyer. So that's a great way to help support us, help support our writers uh, who do such a great job uh, at bringing you uh, IU football coverage uh, and help cover some of our travel costs. So um, we keep an eye out for that. We'll we'll put out something um, later in December as it gets closer to, to Christmas um, about that. But uh, back to projections, TJ, I'm going to go 49-21 Indiana. Um, you, you have the uh, the Sharps in, in Vegas uh, sweating it out a little bit. I'm, I'm going to say Indiana is going to put this one away after halftime uh, pretty, you know, pretty easily. Uh, Purdue's going to make it a game in the first half, score a few touchdowns, and then turnovers and, and mistakes are, are going to add up for Purdue. Uh, Indiana has a lot more to play for uh, than just pride again this year. Uh, we saw it last year um, where, you know, Indiana, Purdue hung around, hung around, and then Indiana finally, you know, those mistakes – Turnovers added up for Purdue, and Indiana put them away uh, for a 50, was it 52-36 win? Um, so I'm going to say the defense is a lot better this year for Indiana. Uh, Yancey makes a few big plays, but for the most part, Richard Fant and and the uh, secondary will will uh, limit him uh, in the second half. After that, so I, I'm going to go 49-21 on on my projection. I will take that. Yeah, so uh, you know, before before we get out of here, uh, TJ, and and I want to wish everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving and and a happy bucket week, and um, you know, with your families and all that stuff. Just one thought going into your one final thought going into Senior Day, going into the final regular season home game. Well, I um, I just think it's important to uh, appreciate the hard work that uh, you know. I know every every graduating class into the program, but this one in particular has, has really done a great job for IU football. I know that it's not a top tier program. I know that they haven't turned it into a big 10 title contender, but uh, I think that they have really done a nice job of turning around the culture of IU football, uh, progressing it to the level where they are a, a bowl program, a program that expects to go to bowl games and if they can win on Saturday, a uh, program that will have gone to back-to-back bowl games for the first time since 1991, um, I know that that's not, you know, elite, but that's a good accomplishment for IU football, and it's something they should be proud of. And uh, I'm proud of the guys that have put, put so much into it. So um, I, I think it's important to appreciate them and, and the work they've done to set Indiana football up for the future. Yeah, and you know that's well put. Uh, to me, it's 
you know, it, it's still they're still building this program. Um, I, I would like to see this game and the season push back a week. I, I'd love to see the students on campus uh, for this game. I really think that's a culture-building game. Uh, I'd like to see some traditions come off of it. Uh, they they used to have the, the John Purdue, um, you know, burial ceremony. I think they did that one year in 2008. It, it was it was fun to be at. It was a total college football um, type of type of thing to do, uh, and, and that's what's missing. So I, I'd like to see this game move back a week, um, or if you want to move it up a week. Um, Whichever whichever direction, I just hate it that the the kids aren't on, uh, students aren't on campus uh, to yeah. enjoy a rivalry like this, and, and it really is a rivalry. But uh, to me, the senior class, you, you have Dan Feeney and Jake Bailey, uh, Ricky Jones, Mitchell Page, uh, Ralph Green. All these guys have given so much uh, to to the program, and I uh, I know I'm forgetting people like uh, T.J. Simmons, Clyde Newton. Um, you know, Wes Rogers, uh, Dawson Fletcher, these guys have all played a lot of football and, and have really changed, started to change the culture and to get them out of here with a sixth win with a second straight bowl game, uh, would be huge. And, and another win over Purdue, uh, will keep that momentum rolling and we'll see where they go. I, I think this program is on the rise, uh, is it where people want it to be? No. Um, you know, people want it to be an eight and four, nine and three program, uh, maybe even a seven and five program. But right now, you know, you got to take the necessary steps to to mm-hmm. get to that, to that level. And right now they are the six and six team who's going to bowl games. Um, and if they win on, on Saturday, that's their second straight bowl and you're starting to check things off on that list that haven't happened in decades. Um, right. You know, whether it be four straight bucket wins, whether it be back-to-back bowl games, you know, recruiting classes, stuff like that. So, you know, you're starting to rewrite the record book slowly and starting to change the culture. Now, you know, it's get this one, get those 15 practices, get those young guys uh, coached up and, and gear up for the bowl game. And then, you know, continue these guys' legacy uh, who are leaving on Saturday um, by getting a win and, and moving this program uh, in the right direction again. So um, some game information. The game kicks off at noon. Uh, the TV is on ESPNU, uh, so check your local listings for that. Uh, the weather is supposed to be spectacular. 51 degrees, clear, plenty of sun. Um, a, a perfect fall day for the bucket game in uh, in Bloomington, and a good day. Well, any day is a good day to beat Purdue, but a, a particularly fantastic day to beat uh, to beat Purdue. Yep, could not agree more. All right, well that does it for our bucket game pregame show. Hopefully, we're back on Monday or Sunday uh, with with the with the victory and uh, some some bowl talk and, and just, you know, some overall thoughts from the bucket game. Uh, TJ, thanks for, for coming on again. Have a happy Thanksgiving and uh, we'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks to, thanks to all you guys for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to our uh, pregame show. Uh, Have a happy Thanksgiving with your family. Enjoy a weekend full of football 
You have Colts on Thursday, IU on Saturday, various college games mixed in as well. Uh, and then, of course, NFL Sunday. But thank you for listening. Check back to HoosierHuddle.com often as we have new content coming out daily. Um, we'll have our Keys to Victory coming out either tomorrow or Friday and our game day primer as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. And do check out that Amazon help us out with some travel costs and uh, some and getting us to a bowl game. So uh, thank you very much. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. 